0: Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became the Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sigh. This is Funky Sighs A to Z of Manchester. Hello, Simon. How are you?
1: I'm very well, Jackie.
0: What have you been up to?
1: Not a lot, really. Been putting my uh, thicker clothes on as the temperature drops. I love it um, this time of year, but it's usually a bit later in you know September, isn't it? When it gets to this temperature, but I, I do like it. I love the sun as well, of course. You
0: know. Yeah, I thought you'd be much more of a sun man rather than uh, this weather because this is my type of weather.
1: Yeah, but you sort of get used to it, don't you? Year after year, conkers were out about two months ago. <laughs>
0: You've been warned about that, Simon. It's been,
1: it's been a funny year. But I have seen that. Uh, I have had a walk around and experienced, um, you know, nature going through the sea, summer season.
0: Isn't it lovely, though, when the leaves change colour? I love kicking, a le- you yeah, know, kicking I do. the leaves along. Yeah, I do. In autumn. What's your favourite season?
1: Summer. Yeah. And,
0: and what's next?
1: Winter.
0: <laughs> and then what's next? Spring. And so autumn's last.
1: <laughs> I'm not
0: sure <laughs> don't worry I'm, you know there's not going to be a test <laughs> my favourite is starting now so autumn's my favourite then winter then spring and summer's my least favourite Okay. so from now on for the rest of the year this all is good for you. this is all great yeah. because I love wearing jumpers right. and, and my big boots
1: yeah. and coats what well, have you got Doc Martin? I've got Doc Martin. I mean, what colour
0: black <laughs> I like to wear layers, lots of layers.
1: Yeah, scarves.
0: Oh, lots of scarves. Yeah, I
1: like wearing scarves. Oh, do you? you scar- of, I have to dig them out, you know, again.
0: They always look good, don't they?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, they do.
0: Do you coordinate with your fashion, you know?
1: Not really. I like to go for a sort of continental look, though. You know, the way the scarves wrapped, uh, like you'd see, you know, in Milan or something.
0: Oh, OK.
1: Is cool, you know.
0: Is that a silk scarf?
1: I don't know what it is, lambs.
0: <laughs> Not a cravat then?
1: No, I, had a, I used to wear a cravat though, uh, you know, when I was into the Clash. Like a paisley coloured cravat.
0: Nice. I, and so do you like your fashion then?
1: Yeah, I do, yeah. I don't spend a lot of money on clothes, but I like to have a nice couple of coats, nice shirt, nice pair of shoes what if about, I can.
0: What about headwear?
1: Hats, no. Um, I've got still got my hair, so I'm going to flaunt it. If I had to wear a hat, I don't know. I don't know what I'd wear. I wouldn't wear a, a an old geezers one, you know, a flat cap. No. quite popular now. I wouldn't have one of them. I wouldn't have a beanie hat. I wouldn't wear a stats. What, a... <laughs> <Stetson. laughs>
0: what about a backwards baseball cap? Are you going for that look?
1: No, I'm a bit too old. Right. Yeah, to wear that. What
0: about just a baseball cap on its own then?
1: If it had a cool label on it, Yeah.
0: Because my dad's taken to wearing baseball. Right, because okay. every time we call into him, he's got some sort of different headgear on. Yeah. And he, he, he says, Oh, this is a great look I've got now. <laughs> and we just look at him and think, What does he think he looks like this week?
1: Right, I'll have to go and see if we can buy one off him.
0: Yeah, he's probably got a selection.
1: Yeah. Is he open now?
0: Oh, he's open. He's been open for a while, yeah. Right,
1: I was down there, literally outside the other day. Me and Christian, the new keyboard player, mm. and Sam Pedro. Amazing is one of the best ones we've ever worked with. Worked with him a couple of years ago. Well, we were stopping off to, for a Mars bar and a can kind of go <laughs> The shops there opposite. I thought, oh, I wonder if it's open. The Apsley Cottage.
0: The Apsley Cottage is open. Right. Open for business if right. anybody's interested. Hats, beer, crisps.
1: <laughs> Mars bar. <laughs> Well, I've got to mention New Order, with an N. Great band, really love them. Bought a Warsaw single, uh, Ideal for Living, EP uh, from somewhere in the northern quarter back then. Didn't really follow Joy Division. I was sort of aware of them, and Johnny and Andy wrote. They knew of them and heard them. I thought they sounded a bit miserable, if I'm honest. So never really got in, so they pretty much passed me by. Didn't go and see them at Check In Night Club in Altrincham or the Bowdoin Vale Club, uh, down the road from where Alty Grammar, where we went. We got invited to a bonfire party out near Macclesfield somewhere, and I don't know whose house, farmhouse it was, but it's someone to do with a the band. There's Firework Display, that's where I first met Bernard. I think they were all there that night, Gillian and Steve. Saw the band New Order as they became at Macclesfield Leisure Centre, Drove down in the 1275 GT with Johnny and Andy, I think, to see him. Thought they were amazing.
0: So what year are we talking here?
1: Uh, Early 80, maybe 81, maybe 82. Unusual venue to play, but they are from round there, aren't they? Well, Stephen is, anyway. I think he still lives there. Well, they all do out that way, don't they?
0: And what did you think of them when you
1: saw them? I thought they were brilliant. I love techno, all that stuff, you know... Grandmaster Flash was coming out with them drum machines, just got a great sound, and you'd hear it in the and It's the eight, you know, the eight oh eight. Enough said. So I became a fan. Loved Bizarre, loved Triangle out of them all. Of them early ones with them frogs things tweeting at the beginning. I remember Eddie, it's the sound man who worked for the Fall as well as them doing monitors. He used to love that. He said, you know, when he heard the frogs. He really uh, it was a highlight of his night. You know, In the introduction to the song it's great. I love the song 1963, Year I Was Born. We went on tour with The Fall Dead to California, did a couple of stadium shows with them. When I first joined the band, it was just amazing. You know, sold-out shows, and we're going on supporting them. Well, it's just, just brilliant. I don't forget, only a few months before, I've been cooking Egg and Chips in Bolton, some truck mechanics. Well, Sharon and Tracy were. God bless them.
0: You <laughs> were supervising. I was
1: supervising. <laughs> uh, so it's so exciting. You know, we used to see Bernard come into the hairdressers uh, under the hacienda stage uh, swing with Andrew. He'd come in, hang out. You know, hang out with us. Quite a dry sense of humour. Bernard Scott. I love him though. It's dead funny. Did some gigs with New Order when I was in Jazz and the Family Bazaar, Jazz Kerr. ..from a certain ratio. It's terrible news about Denise Johnson, of course. Heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, really bad. She was one of the holy trio singers. Diane Charlemagne, Ruetta and Denise, you know, them three. I worked with two of them and never worked with Denise. But, yeah, lovely girl, fantastic voice and them primal scream singles... Uh, just amazing but all you? the
0: ACR the times I've seen them
1: absolutely over was, the years I saw a play last summer I think it was that pink coloured bar opposite the old BBC just a, it's very sad yeah New Order uh, when we were playing uh, up at the posh Usher Hall in Edinburgh <laughs> family bizarre supporting New Order since our keyboard player I've mentioned to you before the wine merchant he <laughs> He was doing the DJing, he warms up for new order, doing DJing, you know, before they come on. And he had to get through the crowd and we we're all ready and you only get 20 minutes and that's it, you're off. Where's Tintin, where's he gone? Where's, oh my, where is he? <laughs> you know, And he was fighting his way through the crowd because that was the quickest way because it was packed out. So we probably lost five minutes by the time we got on. But we did a great gig, I think we played at the Glasgow Apollo, supporting them there as well. Bernard's great guitarist, you know, he plays like Nile Rodgers. That funk thing is really, really good at it. You know, it's got the rhythm right, and it's enjoyable to watch. You know, they've had a couple of line-up changes, haven't they? But uh, the lovely lads and two new lads. Well, I've not seen them for a while. They were going to do a tour of America this year with Double Headliner with Scissor Sisters, who I quite like, actually, <laughs> that pop stuff. Anyway, um, it got cancelled, didn't it? I was toying with the idea of going over to visit America again, maybe taking them in, but I'll have to wait till next year, hopefully. There's sort of two
0: camps for New Order, though, aren't there? There's the (coughs) Peter Hook camp and there's the Bernard camp, but are you firmly in the Bernard camp?
1: Well, I know Bernard better than Pete. I know Pete, he's a funny guy. Fact, first time I ever met him, I was doing a TV show miming with a fall up at Paddyham Power Station, is it, in Lancashire, past Burnley Way, and he filmed it in there, and he went, you rubbish at miming, you. <laughs> but i met him before that. Mark was dead friendly with him, and he came to Mark's funeral. Pete did, to pay his respects, which was great, you know. So, yeah, I've got a foot in both camps, but I know Bernard better. I've been to Bernard's house, you know. So, uh, yeah, lovely lad. Really into his cars, and... Uh, <laughs> He had this BMW Z1 concept car and he was telling me he got a pull on the motorway because he had doors. He said it did have doors, but they went sunk in somehow. And the coppers went, right, I'm doing you for this. You've got no doors. (laughs) (laughs) They only made about 200 of them. And he had one. But he likes his cars, Bernard. You know, I do too.
0: Yeah, but did it have doors?
1: It had, like, I'm sure they might have um, automatically gone in, into the body, you know, when he wanted to get in. Either that, or they were dead shallow doors that you could fall out of if you didn't have your seatbelt on. <laughs>
0: well, this is not safe.
1: <laughs> the police were right. <laughs> BMW have probably sorted the problem by now.
0: <laughs> we're not engineers.
1: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> My next stand, Jackie, is Noel Gallagher, one of the Gallagher brothers that did so well in the Oasis. Now, I used to know Noel back at the uh, Falls office when he was a roadie on New Mount Street, just near the Angel in, uh, you know, off Ancoat's way there.
0: He was in Sparrow Carpets?
1: Yeah, he was, a uh, roadie. Roadie
0: for them, wasn't yeah. he?
1: Yeah, uh, a cheery chappy, you know, always had a bit of a smile, bit bit cheeky. <laughs> i kind of met, but met him a couple of times over the years. Once, at, uh, when I was in L.A. with the fall at the Hyatt on Sunset Boulevard, a hotel there got in the lift with Bonad, with my band mates. Mark wasn't there, Steve was, Craig was, somebody else was, maybe Dave Bush. He says, hiya, how are you doing? I didn't really know Bonad, still don't really know him that well. He, he said, oh, you're coming for a drink? And I, I don't know what, we were having a crisis, you know, as usual. Uh, Mike, Mark had gone AWOL or something like that. <laughs> he goes, come on, come on, we're from Manchester, you know, let's have a drink, so we did. No, uh, uh, I uh, um, don't fancy playing drums for us, do you? <laughs> really embarrassing because of all my bandmates around me. And uh, you Did know, you want
0: to say yes?
1: Yeah, deep down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, played it cool. He might have been joking, who knows, but um, it was the time Tony McCarroll um, was getting his P45, or just after it had happened. They were in America, and then I met him again a couple of times and tour. Maybe with Ian, I'm not sure now. Uh, but the last time I saw him was at Manchester Apollo, yeah, when Ian was playing the Apollo and uh, saying, Hi, how are you doing? And, and I said, Have you got any drumming work for me? I said, He just went, No, and walks off. I thought, You cheeky bleed. <laughs> anyway, he's doing a, a guest spot on one of Ian's songs, goes on stage, lovely tweed jacket, lovely trousers, very expensive guitar. Somebody throws a Pint pot of beer, well, I think it was beer, uh, right over him, went all over him. I thought, oh, there's a bit of instant karma for you. <laughs>
0: right. Was it you, yes or it no?
1: Was. No, I was watching from the wings. <laughs> <laughs> I like high flying birds. Um, he just hasn't got the star quality that his brother has, and, that, and he never will do, you know, as a front man. And therein lies the problem, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> For well, what it's worth,
0: <laughs> it's also about that bit of magic, isn't it?
1: No, the combination, the chemistry. Yeah. So you've yeah. either got that or you haven't. Yeah, I know.
0: When they were together as a band,
1: yeah, they there was had it. something
0: magic something about them. Something
1: clicked. Were they hungry then? Weren't they when they started? Because
0: he's still writing great songs. Yeah, he is. Noel, Noel, I love all of Noel's stuff. I love his dancey stuff that he's done. I think it's great, and I've seen him play. I saw him play the arena, but he isn't a front man, is he?
1: I wouldn't say so. No, no.
0: Whereas Liam.
1: He can be on a bedroom wall, can't he? Liam was, was the front man. And the girls will swoon over him. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds
0: like you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were huge. Um, I remember going on holiday to Florida on a fly drive with my dad. It must have been year 1998, oh, maybe. Great holiday, and just me and him in an open-top car. It was always on the radio, that Wonderwall... But not my favourite song, if I'm honest. I prefer Go Let It Out, actually.
0: I, I like the later album. I like Some Might Say.
1: Yeah, that's good. I yeah. think it's
0: such a great song. Yeah. Are you one of the people who wants them to get back together, or you're not that bothered?
1: I don't think they'd be as good because they're not as hungry as they once were when they were teenagers or whatever. Like most fans, when it's just you know um, you're just doing it because you're young and what a good time. <laughs> I think you get, when money gets involved, it ruins everything. Same in everything in life.
0: Yeah, it's a shame, isn't
1: it? Really? It is a shame.
0: I saw them play at the academy. So it was just before they hit the big time. And they were all so excited by everything that went on in their lives.
1: Can you imagine? Yeah.
0: Everything was great. They couldn't believe people were coming to see them and paying money. It wasn't just their mates anymore. It was, they had the greatest time.
1: Alan McGee, of course, found them at the right time, you know, before anybody else did. Fair play to it. And they
0: have great songs, which obviously is down to Noel.
1: Yeah, sure. But without the Liam, uh, you know, they wouldn't have gone as far, for sure. OK, my next end is going to be Nigel Pivaro, uh, the actor. Superb actor, best known for his part in Coronation Street, as Terry Duckworth. Bit of a wrong in the show. Uh, he was terrible, he was, he sold his girlfriend's baby, didn't he? Yes, he was
0: awful to Vera.
1: <laughs> and Jack.
0: And Jack, Poor it was heartbreaking. Jack.
1: He was good at Jack, Wanted not he, uh, being that crestfallen dad, you know? Oh, God, what And what
0: you really do with him? wanted him to come good in the end, and he, he did. didn't.
1: He was a bad boy. He
0: was a bad boy.
1: I'm not saying he's a pantomime baddie, because I don't know if they do, he did pantomime, Nigel. He went to the um, Royal Academy of uh, Drama... He's done a lot of stuff. He's a journalist now. And in fact, uh, he wrote and presented a programme for the BBC called Inside Out. It's a series. It's called The Regeneration Game, about ten years ago. And he challenged the government's um, backed housing market renewal programme criticising the treatment of local residents who basically get forced out by more affluent people who move in, like it's happening right now in Manchester. All the time, every time he looked, there's another flat gone up. Where did that come from? <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's a shame, because a lot of people live round the Ancoats area. Uh, I know it was derelict for years, you know, when I used to record there and what have you. But So it's, that's really good of him. He's done some serious stuff, Wuthering Heights, What the Butler Saw, A Taste of Honey, beautiful film set in the north there. Oh, and Neckle. so is he
0: still an actor now?
1: He might do the odd bit, I'm not sure, but he is a journalist now. A freelance, you know, works for the papers. I think he works for the Salford Star, actually. But I did see Nigel at the um, motorway services halfway to Leeds. What's it called, Jackie? I
0: don't know, I can't remember.
1: It's just I've just forgot about it the name of it. But he was there and I seen him at the petrol pump and I was coming back after I paid, he was going the other way. Both clocks each other up and
0: (laughs) just nodded.
1: Well, we didn't even do that, you know. (laughs) Great actor, really good. Uh, What else can I say about him? Oh, yeah. Favourite pantomime baddie would yours be Terry Duckworth or would it be Nick Cotton from the rival show EastEnders down south? Now, who's, who's worst? Who's the worst guy?
0: I don't know. I think Nick might be worse, you know.
1: You can't get much worse than selling your girlfriend's baby.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> to be fair, yeah, you're right.
1: He's <laughs> just going like that to uh, his mum, Nick. Then there's a or more. Come on, more. Get your purse out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, what a great job it must be. You know, if you write scripts for baddies, you know, coming up with the things or the awful oh, yeah, things can, that they could you do. You could go
0: anywhere. You with could go them. anywhere,
1: yeah. within limits, you know, if it's well, for TV or whatever. Yeah. I always imagine that being a great job, <laughs> being a scriptwriter and chorus. Um, the next one, now he's not actually from Manchester, Nigel Kennedy, the violin virtuoso, but he spent a lot of time in Manchester, I know this, because uh, my mate Rufy, who was a DJ at the gallery in the 70s, early 80s, he used to run the Salutation pub, next to the university, Hume area, behind the Royal Northern College of Music. Great little pub. Uh, It's not the same now, you know, it's all corporate now. But they had a snooker table and all that. I played there myself. Frank Sidebottom, he was there one night, you know, with his big head on. And uh, Nigel Kennedy came in, played a couple of times when he was doing that big gig, the Four Seasons, at the Bridgewater, I think he probably played. used to stay there, even though he had a luxury hotel. You know, the Lowry, whatever, where he had few rooms and one of them just a load of air conditioners, mobile ones brought in to look after his million pound Stradivarius. Uh, he had its own seat on a plane wherever he went with it as well. Wow. Yeah. But I met Nigel. I met him at um, Maid of vale's Recording Studios, BBC, when we used to do peel sessions and when he was with Bricks. In fact, I picked Bricks up from his flat in Swiss Cottage. When she came back into the band in '94, but a nice lad, Aston Villa fan, you know. All right, he did You know, he got a grant, a scholarship, I should say, and became what he is, and he is amazing. You know, as a player, I'd love to have him, him on one of my records.
0: I remember was probably too busy. <laughs> is he still? Does he still play?
1: What a thought, so wouldn't yeah.
0: Yeah, because he went very quiet. But I remember reading stories about him and Bricks when they were together. Going on holiday with Gary Lineker.
1: That's right, yeah, they were good mates, weren't they?
0: Well, how did that come about?
1: Did they go to the, a World Cup game? When, a comment, when he was a commentator, that is, Gary Lineker, he was a good player. Brix mentions that in her book, The Rise and Fall and Rise, I think it's called. So, Nigel, what a guy. You know, I don't mind that four-season stuff now and again when you're driving along and you're sick of... <laughs> ..on the radio, if <laughs> you've got a bit of an headache. Something like that comes on. Um, it's great, it's good for you. So, um, my next end is the Nile Club in Moss Side on Princess Parkway, there, if you know Moss Side, on the main road. It's not there anymore, it was next to the Reno Club. I think the Nile was upstairs, Reno down. We used to go there after we'd been to the Hacienda, come out two, three in the morning. Could still get a kind of red stripe there. Music was brilliant. Lovely smell, sweet smell emanating onto the pavement. <laughs> and uh, it was very um, exotic. You know the music. I thought, you know, I love soul and love funk, love it, and bits of reggae. You know, it opened my eyes. You know, somebody coming from the suburbs of alteringham This is when I'm, you know, uh, I don't know, 18 or whatever, in the early 80s. Uh, yeah, we used to go there and, you know, have a smoke and that. Brilliant. Got fond memories of going there. There's a Shabin round the back of there as well, we used to go, uh, which was a bit dodgy in there. But,
0: but was there never a cha- time where you were a bit worried or you a bit nervous
1: no, heading into really. some parts of town? No, not then. It's before all the uh, Gunchester years, shall we say, before all that.
0: So, as lads going yeah. into town, though, you weren't worried?
1: I wasn't, no. No, I was with or whatever, you know, we could look after ourselves. I've been told I'm a daft drunk, you know, when I get get a bit giddy.
0: Happy daft?
1: Yeah, happy daft, is that what they call it? <laughs> so, yeah, it's never been a problem. But there's a, a DJ down there called Persian, where they had an exhibition at the Whitworth Art Gallery about the Reno Club a couple of years ago, and I went. And he was there, this Persian. You know, he must be 70, 80 now, I don't know. But the sounds he was playing, amazing. in you know, that big hall... In the whitworth art gallery there so i've got fond memories anyway and uh, you know we'd st- we'd go back to somebody's flat in hume whether it was the weeds place or <laughs> or you know in the crescents to the kitchen so it's yeah it's great time mm-hmm. my next end jackie is the northern quarter very hip and trendy area of manchester Surrounding Ancoats, going further down Oldham Road towards my favourite bar in Manchester, the Night and Day Cafe. Love going there. Played there half a dozen times myself. It's a great sound, not only for the musicians, but I think for the crowd. Yeah, I you know no, as well. it is. Reminds me of an American venue that I may have played God knows where, in the Midwest or somewhere. You know, the decor and everything. The shape of the building, it's a functional rock and roll. It's almost made to measure for having bands on of a certain size when bands are coming up.
0: It's a nice size to watch a band, though, isn't it, I think?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Because you can see them from wherever you stood and you can actually stand alongside them.
1: Yeah, the stage is quite high. I've struggled getting up there recently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you need a hoik-up?
1: No, I'm not that bad, (laughs) But they've got a lovely dressing room um, area downstairs. Mm -hmm. It's all draped out, and you know, uh, like I say, Americana. Could be in Chicago, or that's a great feeling. I've seen lots of good bands there. Saw Johnny's lad, um, Niall, Ma, playing brilliant, doing sort of American punky stuff, he was. Uh, Really enjoyed his gig. I love it around that area. Been to a lot of uh, rehearsal rooms and studios over the years. Spirit I mentioned on Tarra Street. That's had some names in it over the years. You know, like going on a Saturday morning, popping into town on the tram, and going to get myself a nice sourdough loaf from Trove. Oh, nice. Do you like like bread?
0: And I love sourdough. Yeah. But to go all the way into town to get some.
1: Well, they they do do nice bread there. it's a is place, fish and chips, you know, 28 quid. <laughs> but I'm going to go in one day.
0: <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of burger places as well. High-end burgers, yes, I'm talking right. about. Yeah. Lovely food, bakeries, bars. There's
1: a new Michelin star restaurant. Well, it didn't look much from the outside, but you should never judge a book by its cover, should you?
0: No, Simon, you shouldn't. That part of Manchester was run down for so long.
1: Well, yes, it was course, I you know recorded uh, above Sankey's soap in the mill there, Beehive Mill. I spent you know, hours and days and weeks you know around those places. It was desolate, and it, the whole thing's—it's unbelievable—the amount of buildings going up. I've been watching Manktopia documentary about Manchester and the billions and trillions that have been poured into it. You can see it happening before your very eyes. I live in Old Trafford, mile and a half outside. But I'm high up and I can see, you know, the red lights on top of the cranes at night. It's actually quite comforting seeing
0: that. Oh, do you like to see that? Because it annoys me that there's so many lovely older buildings that are just derelict.
1: Yeah, well, well the new ones are sprouting up Why? on car parks, aren't they? Well, it looks, I'm a bit older than you, but it was right. You know, it was full of car parks, Manchester and overgrown, abandoned, you know, industrial areas. And this kid on the programme, Tim Heatley, who's a developer, seems like a nice lad. You know, he's trying to help people who are homeless, basically, getting involved with them. You know, he's not a breadhead, it seems to me, this lad, (laughs) Tim. So uh, good luck to him, you know. There's a lot of investment coming from China, of course. You know, the whole university, it's unbelievable. A lot of Chinese who come. So uh, I think it's a good thing. I really do. I
0: think it's a good thing. I just would prefer to see some of the older buildings being used.
1: Yeah, I think they are, do not they?
0: produce new ones. Yeah, no, would they? To live
1: in, you mean? Yeah. Right, OK. Yeah, that's different. I was lucky enough to live um, before it was trendy to live in town. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see, you set the trend. Yeah. And in the early 80s, hardly anybody lived in town.
1: No, there was a place on Princess Street... Uh, You know, a residential block of flats.
0: Well, there was Granby Row as well.
1: Granby Row was another one. Yeah, Yeah. and you were
0: a few people that lived there.
1: But I didn't know anybody that lived, you know, in town anywhere else. But but you wouldn't, would you? It seemed quite
0: a strange concept, whereas now...
1: Yeah, it's just, it is unbelievable. It's it's more building going on. I remember Berlin when the wall came down, being on tour over there, before and after. I preferred it before, (laughs) if I'm
0: honest. The one person that preferred it before.
1: Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, everything gets corporate. The same thing's happening here, of course. But I think in all big cities, they're all going that way.
0: It's not good, is it, when you go to a city somewhere miles away and it's the same corporate stores that you see everywhere?
1: No. I went to um, uh, Cheltenham um, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, that's the same thing, you know, beautiful buildings everywhere. It's only a little, you know, it's tiny, Cheltenham. But I enjoy visiting other cities. But yeah, you're right, they've all got, you know, Costa coffees everywhere.
0: McDonald's.
1: Yeah, Co-op, Tesco.
0: You see that on the horizon. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you never know, after the year we've had, the independence might rise again.
1: I think they might already be, don't you?
0: Well, I'm hoping so, but people might start to think we should... Shop local.
1: Yes, yeah, it's um, it's not getting much easier, is it? All this.
0: But the Northern Quarter is a great little part of town now, isn't it? Yeah, it's
1: absolutely. Where a lot of
0: people go out drinking, they just say, "I'm going out to the Northern Quarter." Yeah. That didn't used to be a thing.
1: Do you, do you ever go out there? Oh yeah, yeah, of yeah. course.
0: I what? love it. I love all the different types of bars. So you've got your cocktail bars, but you've got
1: what's your favourite cocktail?
0: Oh, um, now you're asking. <laughs> I do like a margarita. Yeah, Thank I you.
1: Do. Oh. <laughs>
0: Who'd have thought we'd like the same cocktail? What about a Cosmopolitan?
1: I'd I'd try anything. Would you? Yeah, Yeah. I would, yeah. Oh, we'll
0: drink anything at this stage. The Northern Quarter, great little part of Manchester, especially for students.
1: Yeah, if they can afford to live there, of course.
0: Well, just going out there, though, it's just a nice place to go out because there's quite a few venues all together in the same area. There's a few clubs that stay open late, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I like the canals round there, of course. Uh, I had a mate who works looking after the marina. I noticed there's a lot more barges coming in now, you know, parking up.
0: Would you ever live on a barge?
1: Maybe for a little bit, you know, a couple of weeks. A
0: weekend. (laughs) Because Martin, who I live with, he's desperate for us to get a barge. I couldn't imagine anything worse.
1: No, where would he park it? I've
0: no idea, but he can go and get one and park it somewhere.
1: Would you be able to steer it yourself? No,
0: I wouldn't be interested in getting on it, Simon. Never mind steering it.
1: Well, not it turns, is there? It's not you for can't me. Go wrong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I couldn't. It's all dealing with all the locks and yeah, and the other people on the waterways. No.
1: Yeah, there must be some kind of etiquette as the boat passes you going exactly. the opposite way. No,
0: isn't there a tunnel somewhere?
1: Yeah, round there off uh, Redhill Street, I think, which is adjacent to um, Jersey Street. Yeah, I was down there the other day with Lulu. And I've never seen this tunnel, all tiled. It sort of comes off um, the canal, basically. Beautiful-looking thing, uh, like, you know, Victorian. Lovely glazed tiles. Anyway, this lad comes past. goes, Oi, I know what you two are doing down there. <laughs> it's got a bit of a reputation, this oh, tunnel. Oh, no. But I never knew about it until the other week. <laughs> Yeah, also in the uh, southern part of Northern Quarter, Eastern Block Records, fantastic. I've been going in there for years. Some bands have come out there, haven't they? You know, I mean, um, people at work there. I'm not sure whether 808 State, one of those guys did. But it's very, you know, it's very interesting. I love walking around that. And the Millstone Pub, uh, I went out there about before uh, Christmas time, I think it was. You see some right... Heads in there, you know, characters on a Friday, karaoke. But it was a quiet night. But uh
0: the Millstone's like an old boozer, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's not
0: like a new trendy bar.
1: Not at all. But, but
0: it's in the northern quarter.
1: Don't think the beer was that cheap, though. Was it? No, I don't think it was. But anyway, um Steve MacDonald from Coronation Street collects in the glasses.
0: I'm sure that was a dream you had, Simon.
1: No, you know. I thought he was great on the show, him. Is he still in it?
0: Yes, of course is he it. is.
1: Right, I must which, watch it again.
0: Which is why I'm sure it can't have been him collecting glasses at the Millstone in it the was northern definitely quarter.
1: Him. It was definitely him, honestly. All right, you're on He was doing a good job. You know have I mean? to He had about eight in each hand, you know, with his fingers.
0: Oh, it's handy when you can do that. And you know what? You feel great. Have you been a bar... I did Fender. for a
1: little while at a yeah. beef eater, yeah.
0: You feel great if you can pick up six glass, you know, six, five or six glasses. There is
1: a kind of nice feeling about that. Yeah, you the feel glaring. you're in control. The decluttering.
0: Yes. OK, so we're going to need a soundtrack for the letter N. What have you got?
1: Well, this week I've got SWVs right here, right now. Bell to that, love it. Forget Me Nots by Patrice Russian. I've got Lips Incorporated, Funky Town. <laughs> Sleeping Satellite, Tasman Archer. a Great tune, makes me quite sad, that one. And finally, Shannon let the music play, a firm favourite that they played at the Hacienda. Still sounds belting today when you it. fresh as a daisy.
0: We shall see you next time.
1: Well, you shall indeed, Jackie. I look forward to that. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecraft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size A to Z of Manchester.
0: Thanks for listening to Funky Size A to Z of Manchester. If you're enjoying
1: this series, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.